0: Doing? Good. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Graham. I lead the team that leads Jubilee Church. It's great to have you with us this morning. Nice for me to have migrated from that side of the stage, to this side of the stage. Thank you to Adam for the invitation to play in his band this morning. It was a treat. I well, hope it was a treat for you or something was for me. Um, nice to wheel out the old guy every now and then, so thank you for that. That was very good. So we continue with our series working through the Gospel of Luke. So if you've got a Bible with you, if you'd like to turn please to Luke chapter 6. That's where we've got to so far. This is Luke chapter 6. I'm going to start reading from verse 43 through to the end of the chapter. I'm reading from the NIV. Luke 6:43. No good tree bears bad fruits, nor does a bad tree bear good fruits. Each tree is recognised by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For out of the overflow of his heart, his mouth speaks. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? I will show you what he is like, who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice. He is like a man building a house, who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. When the flood came, the torrent struck that house, but could not shake it, because it was well built. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice... Is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed and its destruction was complete. Okay, let's pray and then we'll uh, have a look at these verses together. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your presence with us. We thank you for your words here. And Lord, we pray now as we spend these moments looking at it together that... You might come and be our teacher, Holy Spirit. We want to be open to what you have for us this morning, for us individually, Lord, for us as a church. God, I pray that you'd give us this morning is to hear. Ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, let me um, start by asking you some questions, and that you're allowed to answer these. These are not rhetorical. If you went to an apple tree, what might you hope to see? Apples. Apples. Good. You're in good voice. We'll try again. Another one. If you, These are not trick questions, okay. So, you know, what should the answer be? Should the answer be Jesus? Well, no, the answer should always be Jesus, but not on this case. If you went to a pear tree, what would you hope to see? No, wait till I finish. What would you hope to see? If you went to a peach tree. What might you hope to see? Peaches. You see, Jesus says here, and it's very obvious to us, but just bear with him and me for a moment, that each tree is recognized by its fruit. You think, "Ah oh, there's apples, it must be an apple tree. you think, ah, oh, there's some pears, it must be a pear tree." You recognize the tree by the fruit it produces. If you went to look at a Christian what might you hope to see? Fruits of the Spirit, love. some other things being shouted out there. See, it's true, isn't it? Whilst you recognise a tree by the fruit that is on it, it must be an apple tree, or it must be a pear tree, or whatever it might be. Actually, what Jesus is saying here, it's not a gardening lesson he's giving. He's speaking to those who are hearing him, saying, actually, you recognise... A tree bites fruit in the same way you should recognize those who follow him by the fruits that they produce. So Jesus talks about seeing good from the good that is stored up in someone's heart. Now Matthew 7 also talks about uh, similar things. the context there is Jesus is speaking about false prophets and he says that you'll recognize them not by what they say but by the fruit. They produce. It says, watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit, you will recognise them. You see, you can tell what a person is really like, not so much by what they say, but by the fruit they produce. That's how you tell what's in someone's heart. You see, we can't actually see what's in someone's heart, can we? We can't actually look inside and see what's going on right in the depths of someone's being. But Jesus says you can tell what's going on there by the fruit that somebody produces. So what sort of fruit do you leave behind? Is it love and peace and joy? Or is it anxiety, stress? (laughs) Disorder, gossip, what sort of fruit are you leaving behind? Sometimes you hear people described as leaving a trail behind them, don't you? You think, oh, so-and-so's been here, he's left a whole trail of normally destruction behind them. And that sort of person has a reputation. But actually the truth of the matter is, all of us should leave a trail, be- all of us do leave a trail behind us. The question is, what sort of trail are you leaving? What fruits are you producing? Now, I guess if we went to our uh, apple tree or our pear tree, we would hope to see fruit there, wouldn't we? If you went on a right, you would hope that you're going to get good fruits off the tree. So how do you get good fruits off your apple or pear tree? Well, you don't start with fruits. Actually, throughout the year, what you should be doing is not keep looking for fruit, but actually what you're looking for is health. You're looking for a healthy tree. Because a healthy tree will produce good fruit. And when the time comes, at the appropriate time you can go to it, if you've got a healthy tree, you can go and think, yeah, now I'm going to get my apples or pears or whatever it might be that you've planted and hope to eat. So the starting point then is not fruit, but actually it's health. And it's a healthy tree that produces good fruits. But healthy trees and healthy plants don't just happen, do they? They need to be cultivated, cared for, tended to, looked after. And so to get the best fruit, to get the most amount of fruit from a particular tree, then the owner, the gardener, farmer, would carefully tend to the tree, paying close attention to the soil that it's planted in, paying close attention to how it's growing, paying close attention to what's going on in the health of the plants. Is there any disease? Is it being attacked by termites, for example? Does it it need a dose of, uh, of termite killer spray? You can tell I'm an expert at these things, can't you? What is it the tree needs? And so, tending to the tree or plant takes time, it takes effort, it takes energy. It doesn't just happen overnight. You see, we live, we live in a culture that expects instant results, don't we? You know, it's a microwave culture. Put it in, press a button, and you expect it hot straight away. If we have to wait for something, it doesn't, uh, doesn't go down well very often. But as we said, Jesus isn't giving a gardening lesson here. He's talking about the fruit that we produce as followers of him. So he uses this analogy to speak about how a man or woman is doing, about how they're doing in following Christ. Make a tree good, Jesus says in Matthew twelve thirty-three, and its fruit will be good. Or make a tree bad, and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognised by its fruits. So, I think that brings us two questions to ask this morning. Number one, what fruit should we produce? And number two, how do we produce it? I think they're the key questions from these verses. What fruit should we produce? And how do we produce it? So, what fruit should we produce? Well, one of you answered Uh, Earlier, the fruit of the Spirit. Paul talks about the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5, a letter that he writes. And uh, he says this, but the fruit of the Spirit is... Can you get these these all right? If you're still in the rhetorical... Not rhetorical, still in good voice. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There you go. Against such things... Paul says, there is no law. That's the fruits of the Spirit. But you notice it's fruit, singular, of the Spirit. It's not fruits, plural. It's not like you can pick and choose. It's not like I think, well, actually, you know, yeah, I'd like a bit of love in my life. That sounds good to be loving. But, you know, I don't want all this, you know, goodness and faithfulness malarkey. You know, I just want to stick to a bit of the other, bit of the love and the, maybe a bit of joy. No, no, actually, Paul's saying, you don't pick and choose this. It's not that you think, I'll have that but not the other. What we should be doing is expectant that all of these fruits of the Spirit are produced in our lives. Actually, we do become more loving and joyful, peaceful and patient, kind, good, faithful, gentle and self-controlled. They should be marks of someone who is following Jesus. They should be the fruit that we're producing in our lives. Now, notice it's the fruit of the Holy Spirit. So it's the Holy Spirit that produces this fruit in our lives. It's not actually just while well, trying to work harder. So it isn't that you get more, let's take one, more patient, for example, by thinking, right, must be more patient, must try really hard to be patient. Even when that person that really bugs me at work, and that really annoys me every day, I'm going to try to be more patient. Actually, so if you do that, then it might last a little while but actually it's not a fruit of the spirit like that just you putting some effort in and if any of you are like me and have tried such things then typically it lasts a little while and then it sort of fades <laughs> and something happens and we click and all the patience goes well out of the window but this is fruit of the spirit it's actually fruit that should last as well It's the Holy Spirit working in our lives that produces this fruit. And by saying that, should then give us a clue as to how to get it. Because if it's a fruit of the Spirit, if it's the Holy Spirit that produces it in our heart, in our lives, it's the openness to Him and His work in our lives that then creates that fruit. That's how you get it. So let me ask you a question. Are you bearing fruit? Are you bearing fruits? If you ask the person who knows you best, your best friend, your husband or wife, maybe your son or daughter, or parents, what would they say? Are you bearing fruits? Are you bearing the fruit that Paul describes in Galatians 5, for example? And let me ask you a supplementary question. Some of you are fairly new Christians. Some of you have been walking with Jesus for years. Let me ask you a second question. Are you bearing as much fruit as possible? Are you bearing as much fruit as you should? Particularly if you've been faithful to Jesus for many years, then are you bearing as much fruit as you could? How are you doing? On your fruit bearing. What might the person who knows you best say in answer to your question? You can ask them this afternoon. Perhaps, maybe that's a discussion over the dinner table later. God's design and his desire is that you bear much fruit. That's how he's planned it. That's how it works. He wants you to bear lots of it. He wants you to be a healthy follower of Jesus, whose healthy things grow. That's one of the reasons we expect the church to grow, because God's ordained that healthy things grow. It's true in nature. It's true of plants and animals and children. And it's true in God's kingdom as well. It's true of his church. And it it's also true of us as we follow Jesus. We should grow in love with him. We should grow in bearing of fruits. So Jesus talks about this more. Uh, we we get an account of this in John chapter 15. It's an extended passage, really, with Jesus talking about this. But he says this. This is John 15 verse 1. I am the true vine, Jesus says, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit. He prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. In me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither you can bear, neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Now we could have a a whole morning just on those few verses. We don't have the time to unpack that in so much detail. But Jesus makes it clear, doesn't he? It's being in him, in the vine, that makes a difference. And he says that his father does some work on it. He's the careful gardener. He's tending to his plants here. He's tending to the vine. He's doing some work on it. And what does he do? Well, he cuts off, we're told, every branch that bears no fruit. That should make us sit up straight and pay attention, if nothing else, (laughs) when Jesus says something like that. But, he goes on, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. Why? So that it will be even more fruitful. See, God's heart for you is that as a Christian, you produce fruit. Lots of it. And he wants to tend to you just as the, the, the vine dresser would tend to the vine, he'll cut off branches that are producing fruit. He'll prune those that are doing well in order that they might produce more. Some of you might have been uh, experienced of God's pruning work in your life at different, in different seasons. If you've been a Christian for any length of time, you might be able to relate to that. You think, yeah, there have been periods in my life when it's been like God's been cutting things off and pruning. And you think, actually, that's, that's been painful, perhaps. Why does he do it? Well, he does it in order that you might be more fruitful. He doesn't do it to cause you pain and discomfort. He does it in order that you might be more fruitful. And the key here in these verses is remaining in Jesus. remaining in Jesus. The NIV has the word remain. The New American Standard says abide. The idea is the same. Are you remaining? Are you abiding in Jesus? See, to bear fruit, you must remain in him and be open to the work of the Spirit in your life. If you're going to bear fruit, you have to be in Jesus. So I want to encourage you this morning. Keep remaining in. Keep abiding in Jesus. Be open to the work of the Spirit in your life. Be open to God doing some pruning work. Not that he's out to get you. He wants you to produce more fruit. Be more fruitful. Remain in Jesus. Keep being open to him. Don't get yourself added to the list of people who... Used to be going for God, and then just sort of fell away, or then just became you know lukewarm, and it didn't really happen anymore. Remain in Him and bear fruits. Now you might say, Graham, that just sounds all a bit mystical and ethereal. Remaining in Jesus, what does that really mean? How do you remain in Jesus? Well, let's make it really practical. It's to do with obeying Him. It's to to do with staying close to him. It's to do with reading his word and praying and being uh, connected to your heavenly father. It's about growing in your relationship with him. And it applies to you whether you've been a Christian for five minutes, five years or 50 years or more. The key is remaining abiding in Jesus and being open to the work of the spirit in your life. It's about keeping your spiritual life vibrant. You're being in touch with your Heavenly Father. You know what it is to commune with Him, to pray, to hear His voice, to read His Word. It come alive to you. Now, I know that all of us go through seasons of life where sometimes it's going great for us as a Christian and sometimes it just feels like hard work. I know that's true. It's true for me. I would guess it's true for most of you as well. Even in those moments, in those seasons of life, the key for you is abiding, remaining in Jesus. It's not that you do something different. It's you do what Scripture tells you to do. It's not that there's a different book that you get out when it gets difficult. It's not that somehow this works most of the time, but when it gets tough, or there's, there's another book we get out, and that's got the answers in. No, 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 no. It's this book we go back to. What has Jesus said? What does God's word say? What does it say? It talks about abiding, remaining in Jesus. If I asked you this morning to rate your spiritual life on a scale of, say, 1 to 10, what would it be for you? This is a rhetorical question. So this one out loud. But let me encourage you to ask it internally. How are you doing? How would you rate your spiritual life at the moment? On a scale of one to ten, where one is just about hanging in there barely and ten is doing great and just hearing from the Lord all the time. And don't answer five. Everybody answers five when you ask them questions like that because people don't want to seem you know, too enthusiastic and not too bad, isn't it? Five is not an answer, okay? You can't answer five. <laughs> Apart from five, how are you doing on the scale of one to ten? You see, it's as you pay attention to some of these things that as you tend and cultivate the soil in your life, that's when you'll find that a healthy plant or a healthy follower of Jesus is produced. And you start bearing fruit. So are you bearing fruit? Are you bearing enough fruit? Jesus said, the good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. What's in your heart this morning? What's in your heart? In the second set of verses we read, there were two passages, if you recall, in Luke chapter 6. If you find your way back there. I'm still stuck in uh, John. Let's just go back a little bit. Jesus talks about wise and foolish builders. We've recently moved house. And in the process of doing so, we had some conversations with some builders. And um that's interesting. Some were impressive, some were less so, and some can probably see be seen on the daytime T V channel being chased around the country by a television crew calling them cowboys. But even so, I don't think any of them would have built a house with no foundations. At least I hope not. Because a builder wouldn't do that you would hope but in this in these verses that we read at the end of Luke chapter 6 Jesus talks about a man who builds a house and he digs deep and lays the foundation on rock and then he talks also about somebody who might be like what we would describe as a cowboy builder And not use any foundation at all. In Matthew's account of this teaching, Jesus talks about building on rock or on sand. That may be a familiar passage to you. Luke's account puts it slightly differently in referring to building on good foundations of solid rock or no foundations at all. Now, it's not that the man Jesus talks about builds on rock or sand. He's not actually talking about that man. Now, although there is a Sunday school song that talks about that. I could have a whole series of these, couldn't I? We had one last week. It says there's one that you may be familiar with that talks about the wise man builds his house upon the rock and the rain came down, the flood came. Some of you are showing your age. <laughs> but actually, it's not talking about that. It's about building on a solid foundation. No sensible builder would ignore the foundations. In the builders I've spoken to recently, in talking about building work, they're talking about, yeah, the foundations have got to be dug down so far. It's an important part. It's critical to the whole rest of the structure. Building good foundations is important. And if you don't dig good foundations, then you're asking for trouble. Now, we'd often talk about building our lives on the rock, which is Jesus, wouldn't we? Maybe you've heard me talk about that. Maybe you've used that phrase even, talking about building your life upon the rock. We might quote a verse like Psalm 18, verse 2, where it says, The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. Picture of God being a rock you perhaps hide in or build upon. That's all good, but it's not what Jesus is saying here. Actually, if you read the verse carefully. What Jesus is saying is if you hear his words and put them into practice, then you're like a man who builds a house, who digs down deep and lays the foundation. You're like that man. If you hear Jesus' words and put them into practice. If, however, you hear his words and don't put them into practice, then Jesus says you're like the man who builds a house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent strikes the house, it collapses. And similarly, if you're hearing Jesus' words and not putting them into practice, then Oh, you like that, man. So let me ask you a question. Are you building on a solid foundation? Are you hearing Jesus' words and putting them into practice? Are you hearing and doing? Or are you just hearing and not really doing? You see, it's easy. Now, I, I've done this. I confess, I've done this. It is easy to sit in a meeting like this hear somebody preach something like this and immediately start to apply it to other people that you know are there. You think, oh, I do hope so-and-so is here this morning. Boy, do they need to hear this. Or you can think, oh, I hope the person next to me is listening here. I might just make some notes and underline some and show them. It's easy to start applying things to other people, but let me ask you this morning, what about you? What about you? Are you putting Jesus' words into practice? Are you a hearer and doer or just a hearer? Now hearing is good. It's better than not hearing at all to start. But what Jesus wants for us is to hear his words and put them into practice. And in doing so, be like the man who builds on a good foundation. Who digs down, gets to the rock and builds on that. Because as you build like that, you build something solid. And as you hear Jesus' words and put them into practice, then what is built in your life is solid and secure. And can take some battering when the rain comes. The commentator D.A. Carson, as we conclude, there are no true Christians without some measure of fruit. Fruitfulness, he says, is an infallible mark of true Christianity. So are you fruitful? Is your life fruitful for Jesus? James, in his letter, James 1 verse 22, says this. Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Are you a hearer and doer? Or are you a hearer only? My prayer for all of us this morning is that we will be very, very fruitful. That we would be as fruitful as Jesus wants us to be. That we wouldn't limit ourselves somehow. We wouldn't get to the end of our lives and think, as we look back, think, oh, I could have been so much more fruitful. Friends, for all of us this morning, I want us to be able to get to the end of our lives look back and think, yeah, I was fruitful for the Lord. I want us too to get to the end of our lives and look back and think, you know what? I heard God's word and I did something with it. Not just heard it and thought that's nice or good for someone else. Challenge here this morning. There is meant to be. We can't read God's word and not be challenged. It's meant to challenge us. It's meant to revoke us. It's meant to get inside and twist it and think, oh yeah, we need to do something with that. And this morning God wants us to do something with his words. So I'd like us as we close to stand, I'm going to pray. And I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to speak into our hearts, to highlight what we've spoken about that is relevant for you and relevant for me. In order that God might do what only he can do this morning in making us more fruitful as we seek to be those who hear and to do something with his words. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, it would be true for all of us, I guess, to say that we want to be more fruitful. (laughs) We want to be those who hear your word, who are obedient, who are doers of it, and produce much fruit for your glory. And so, Lord, in these moments as we finish our time together this morning I pray Lord Jesus that you would come and speak to our hearts Holy Spirit I pray that each of us would have hearts that are tender and open to you willing to hear your voice Lord I pray for each of us that you'd make us more fruitful for you Lord we want to see fruit in our lives for your glory for the extension of your kingdom. So Father, I pray right now for each of us that, Lord, we might not think this is for others, but rather this is for us. How can you make us more fruitful? How can we be more fruitful for you? What areas of our lives do we need to surrender afresh? Lord, I pray that each of us will be praying that right now. What area of my life do I need to surrender afresh to you, Lord? And Lord, in that surrendering, in that obedience, I pray that you would come, Holy Spirit, and you would make us more fruitful. Father, I pray for each of us individually this morning, that will be true. Lord, I pray that would be true for us as a church as well. Lord, we want to be a fruitful church. We want to be a healthy church that grows and sees your kingdom extended in this city and beyond. And Lord, we pray that we might see fruit as a church as well as we've prayed already for Alpha this morning, we pray again, Lord, would there be fruit on the Alpha course. We pray that there be those who are saved and added into your kingdom because uh, your gospel is being preached and spoken about and witnessed to. Lord, we ask you for it, Jesus. We ask you for it. And Lord, we pray too that we might be not just those who hear your word, but Lord, those who do it also that we might be that that wise builder who digs down to rock and builds on a solid foundation. Lord, we want to build on the foundation that is the rock and want you to be right at the core and very centre of our lives. So Jesus, we ask for your glory in our lives. We ask you to own these things we've talked about this morning. Lord, be glorified and exalted in our hearts and our lives in your church. For your name's sake, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this Jubilee Church podcast. Feel free to check out our website at www.jubilee.org.uk and come along on any Sunday morning.